Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And and once again, we played a video game. <laughs> yeah! Video games. And other I'm, stuff I'm, happened. What's... I'm surprised at myself that I've actually managed to, like, finish this game in the, whatever it was, three weeks. Because, like, my job has been absolutely crazy and will continue to be for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> I am proud of you. Because I did not finish it, but I feel like I'm close, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... You're probably uh, pretty close. From what you said before we started recording, I think you're probably yeah. fairly close. It's just... I, there's just, like, those last few few things. And I know you said you you looked them up because they were extremely obscure. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. We will yeah. get to that. Uh, jump, jump in the gun a little bit. So I've been just super busy with work all the time. How have you guys been? I've been, I've been uh, yeah. okay. I've been finishing up my courses I'm studying. Mm-hmm. So well, I have to do some new ones. Yay. Have you have your new classes already started? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember if we asked this last time, but like any any new ones that you're excited about? Oh, no, it's like a boring class, like Aww. game analysis too that I have to have to do. How is game analysis boring? That sounds well, fantastic. It sounds fantastic, but the course isn't really that good. Aw, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's 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 school, I guess. Sometimes you'll think a class is going to be really great, and it just ends up not being great. Uh, you just gotta get through it. Hi. Cat is here. Cat. Uh, as always. Joining uh, us for the usual yep. uh, element. Yeah. Um, there was something I was gonna bring up. I am, I've been, so I've been playing uh, Wind Waker for the stream. That is a good game. I am enjoying the heck out of that game. Yeah, like, I, I just finished it. I started playing it, I don't know, sometime before my winter break. Um, just as, like... I started it as, like, a distraction thing. Because I wanted something, like, cute and kind of light to sort of offset all of the terrible stress that I was dealing with, like, with finals last quarter. Uh, maybe maybe turning to video games when you've got finals and stuff to do wasn't a good call, but I did. I mean, I, I did good on my grades and stuff, so I can't complain maybe too not much. Not the best life decision. Yeah, but it worked out. I, I mean, I did. I I I ended up okay, um, because I I just sort of skipped um, all of the GameCube games. Like I didn't have a GameCube because at that point in time I wasn't really playing oh, so a lot of games. you playing it for the first time. Yeah, I played it for the first time. Oh, I thought like it was, Damn. you know, like an old comfort game of yours that you went back no. to or something. No, I, um, yeah, I, I completely skipped the GameCube just because I, I didn't really have a lot of time to play games at that point in my life because that was sort of early high school and I had all sorts of extracurricular crap keeping me from playing video games. How dare you, high school? Um, so it's, I sort of wanted to just go back and play, like, Wind Waker and, like, Super Mario Sunshine 
and I don't know Luigi's Mansion, Chibi Robo, like all the all the like cute first party stuff for the GameCube. So I've sort of been doing that. There's some really good games. There's what else? What else is on my list? Uh, Killer Seven is on my list. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eternal Darkness may or may not be on my list. I've seen enough gameplay of that. Where I it... liked Eternal Darkness a lot, to it... be honest. And it's one of those, like, I'm not sure if I want to play it. Just, it looks I... kind of clunky. Yeah, so here's here's what I would say. Like, it's a really fascinating game in terms of, um, like, the things it does narratively and the things it does mechanically. Yeah. And, like, it's a great game to play if you, like, are interested in game design and analyzing game design. As a recreational game, there's not a lot that you haven't seen before somewhere else, probably. The stuff they do with the, like, fourth wall breaking is pretty fantastic. Yeah. But, like, that's, you know, that's not the bulk of the game. That's just the thing that happens occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I probably I will... will play it eventually, but... Maybe not super, super soon. I really want to play it, but I, I I don't get that, like, real feeling that I need to play it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, can, and that's you how need, it ends up in end the up backlog. With, <laughs> if you end up with, like, um, you figure, you know, you need to, um, you, you have, like, an assignment you have to do for your analysis class or something, um, you could do worse. <laughs> it's got some interesting things to analyze. Yeah, that is true. It does, because it, one of the things that it does is that's really fascinating is that, like, um, it has a frame narrative where you're, like, this girl in this house reading this book about, like, um, it's like every everybody throughout history, like, encounters this weird cursed book, and they write about, um, you know, their experiences in the book so that the next person who finds the book, like reads all the past ones and then has, you know, their own and stuff. And so you play as this girl who discovered the book in this house and, like, she's finding the chapters one by one. And each time you find a chapter, you go back and play as the person who had the book in that chapter. Yeah, and that's that's the and, part that I think is cool. Like, the other, like, yeah. the thing where the game acts like it has deleted or corrupted your save. Like, that's cute, oh. cute and gimmicky. Like, the, um, what is it, the, like, insanity effects... Like, those yeah. are cute and gimmicky, but I, I, I'm more drawn to the having a lot of, like, playable characters and getting the narrative that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they well, do, like, it's they do interesting thing with things with those um, playable characters, too. Like, each, each of them have different sort of, not abilities, but, like, different health and different stamina and different sanity depending on who they are and, like, their situation. And they have, like, different random... Not random, but they have, like, different starting equipment based on uh, what they did and... Where they are in history, yeah. Yeah, where they are in history. And, like, you know, there's one guy who's, like, clearly a drunkard who starts with, like, a flask. (laughs) And you can, like, take sips from the flask to restore your sanity. (laughs) Things like that. Yeah. Uh, And it's... Ah, it does um it does some really cool stuff because some of the characters lived um at different periods in history but in the same physical space. So in a few of them, the things you do in a previous chapter affect what's available in later chapters. Oh that's cool. In that space. Yeah. I'm into that. Which is pretty neat. Yeah. So I don't know, it's just it's a it's a, like a very interesting 
like game design and narrative design stuff. Plus the magic system is like you have runes that represent words and you like combine them to form spells. Yeah. So like the the rune for like heal and item is like to fix broken equipment, but heal and uh, person is like to heal yourself and things like that. So I, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot, lot there's going a lot, on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that game. Uh, and it's pretty it's pretty neat. Well, speaking of uh unpacking <laughs> games, I don't know. That I, that sounded like a segue. No. Maybe not. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, not. <laughs> what else you guys have been up to? <laughs> no, um I don't know. Do we want to segue into the game, despite Carl's protests? Uh, I mean, I I'm know. okay with segmenting into into the game, but he's okay. That he was... just doesn't like that particular segue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's. I don't blame you. I was sort of grasping at straws with that one. <laughs> ah, let's talk about the game. Yeah. Let's or, talk about glitter mint Rogue. Yeah, or games, uh, if you will, because I feel like. I mean, we had the we had the cute shtick on on the last episode, but I think if anyone's been paying attention, you will already know that Glitterbitten Grove is in fact the hiding place of Frog Fractions Two, yeah, which was the air quotes real game. But we're also yeah, going to talk I'll... about Glitterbitten Grove. Yeah, because as it turns out, actually Glitterbitten Grove was pretty strong yeah. on its own. Yeah. I mean. As as Carl pointed out, it's banished, but with fairies, but still. <laughs> yeah, it, it it feels like a a mobile version of banished. Uh, in terms of design and the sort of. Time. And a way more happier banished. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a way more optimistic banished. Although, sure. although I mean, I guess I guess if you screw up and you don't have enough food, things get pretty dire. When all your fairies die of starvation. Yeah, but they have cute don't names. Die. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't know how I did it. I lucked out, and I, I, I got, I got through it the first time. Probably because, probably because, uh, I, was it you, Kyla, who was having difficulty, uh, with your fairies not having enough food? Yeah. So, probably. so I heard that I... and was like, I need to go real hard on food. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one I succeeded on. I was was like. Uh... I, I, I played one game and I got pretty far and then I ran like afoul of that curve that we talked about in Banished mm-hmm. where you have to have constant growth in order to maintain Yeah. Um, and I did not have enough food growth and all my fairies left and then I played again and I didn't build a house immediately and my first fairy just left <laughs> so it was like a, <laughs> like a 30 second game Jeez. Um, and then <laughs> I uh, I played again, and I'm like, okay, build a house first, and then double down on food. All food, all the time. And that's the one that I actually like played long enough to find the Frog Fractions game. But we should actually maybe go into a little bit more detail about the actual mechanics of yeah. the Bitten part. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically it's a, it's a little, like, uh, it's a little sim game where you have a this community hill. of fairies, yeah. yeah. And you have to build them houses uh, in the tree. So you grow trees, and then you can build the houses and buildings and things in the trees. Uh, the trees are also your source of food. 
for the most part. Certain, Be- certain yeah. types of trees. Um, some of them grow berries and little, like, sugar sugar things. I don't remember what that one was called. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so you and need... You, so- yeah, so I have it. I actually have it open right now, okay, so cool. I can tell you. Um, so you build houses to for them to live. There are sight orbs, which extend the area you can see, and therefore the area you can build in. Um, there are woodsheds, because you have to collect wood in order to build most of these buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's pantries, which can store more food. Um, <laughs> there's prisms, which turn sunlight into sparkles, which is your magic currency, which is the one kind of touch that I feel was like over the top in terms of making it like, oh, it's a game for little girls. It's like sparkles is a currency. <laughs> like, alright, alright, come on. Dude, I love sparkles as currency. <laughs> I mean, it ended up being pretty cute. And I like that you, you put like these little sun catcher crystals in the sunbeam yeah. to catch it. There's actually like a really um, interesting mechanic where sunlight is like a resource and you have to make sure that you prune trees so they don't block sunlight from other parts of the, that you need sunlight in and stuff like that yeah and that that very nearly like ended my my run a couple times I had some frantic tree pruning sessions yeah so um, then there is uh, you can build torches because uh, there's so there's an also an underground area um, where you can use like fireworks to excavate uh, out in the dirt um, and when, when you're in the dirt, you can build torches for light, and then you don't need those, like, sight prisms. Um, there's a sparkle hut, which gives you additional sparkle storage, and there is a crystal vault, which gives you additional crystal storage. Uh, and crystals are the only thing, only resource you can't generate from, like, the above world. You have to actually dig down into the dirt to mine for crystals. Yes. But they're not used in that many things. They're mostly just used uh, in the prisms to uh, make sparkles and in the sparkle huts to to store more of them Mm -hmm. so it's just your magic currency and that though the magic currency gradually refills over time so like you 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 just get sunlight turned into more sparkles uh, Mm -hmm. assuming you have a a prism Mm -hmm. so it's not a huge deal if you like don't have enough to make another prism you can just kind of wait yeah Uh, there's also a variety of spells that you can cast um, including like planting seeds of new trees if you find the right seeds and um, fireworks to like explode the underground which you can pick the shape in which they will explode which is kind of cool I like that a lot yeah, yeah. I, I thought that, that was function. a that was a really good way of doing it. oh kitty what are you doing he's just like flopping around on my my table over here please kitty you can like mix the fireworks as you please mm-hmm. yeah like, I want it to explode first this way, and then this way, and then this other way. So you can have, like, two or three layers to it, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, a fertilized plant spell to make your plants grow bigger. And there's a cast light spell, which, like, is like a sight orb in that it reveals things, except that it's temporary. And it costs food instead of sparkles, which is yeah. odd. Which is why I never use it. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't think I use it either. I used it quite a bit. Oh. The, uh, yeah, the, the cast light? Alright. Yeah, I cast light and then I build torches. I oh, guess that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Um, yeah, and there's so there's a couple really interesting mechanics involved here. There's the daylight mechanic, which we mentioned, where um, 
trees that have light falling on them will grow faster, and trees that don't get enough light will die from lack of sunlight. Uh, and this includes food growth. So if your you know, food-producing plants have more light on them, they will produce more food. Uh, sunlight also gives you the, the sparkles. There's also procedural tree growth, which is probably my favorite part of this entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that the trees, like, grow at, you know, like, at angles and intervals based on the, the light and, you know, where they're located and stuff like that and what's been cut off and what hasn't. And they have real weight. So yeah. So you build buildings in them, they, like, tip over one way or another and you have to keep them balanced or, like, stuff can fall out of your trees. Yeah, I had a and problem that was, with like, that. that really pleasing. Yeah, I had, a, I had, like, one problem with that where I kept... I don't... I didn't notice the weight thing at first, so I, like, tried to build a building on a tree and then it fell off, but I was sort of panned away from it at the time so I didn't notice that it had fallen off so I came back and I'm like where's my building why isn't it here um, and I felt really dumb when I realized yeah and different, the physics. different types of different types of trees have like different sturdiness levels so it's like if you um, you know some trees you can build stuff out near the edges of branches and some trees if you try and do that you'll end up uh just like completely tipping your tree over. I think it. I think it. Maybe. Maybe not. I want to say it like snaps the branch off. I could be wrong about that though. Maybe at the very end. Yeah. At the like very tip of the branch, if that's where it is. But yeah. So like you can you can accidentally like destroy your trees. But again, like some trees are sturdy enough to handle it. Some aren't, and it kind of depends on the species of the tree. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, lot, lot so going on. That's super nifty. And then, and then I, I, I mean, I sort of alluded to it earlier, but there's also like a seasonal mechanic. So you've got winter, spring, and summer, and fall. And throughout the winter, there is no food growth. So you have to make sure you have enough food for all your fairies uh, to survive. Just like Banished. Just like Surviving Banished. Surviving the winter is the hardest part. You can hunt in the winter, though, in Banished. Yeah, that's true. So there's there's that at least. <laughs> so so in fact, this game is in, in Grove is harsher than the winter more in brutal than banished. It's true. You heard it here first. <laughs> but that's also the only thing that can kill you, basically. Well, unless you forget to build a house right in the beginning. <laughs> unless you forget to build houses. Yeah. Yeah. I true. mean, fairies will leave if they don't have a place to stay. Yeah, but there's no uh, outbreaks of diseases. Yeah, or or natural disasters that can destroy your fairy village. So that's good. So I guess it's a trade-off. I didn't really run into that many natural disasters or unseen calamities in uh Banished. Usually usually it was my own damn fault if my <laughs> if my settlement failed. Yeah. And the like the the music and atmosphere in Glitterbent Grove is for the most part like just very relaxing mm -hmm. and kind of nice. And as Carl pointed out, like all the fairies have like their own color schemes and like their individual names. If you click on them, you yeah. can see what they're named. I also um, really loved the uh, the name generator, the the name randomizer for your your fairy village. Uh, yeah, I. After two clicks, I usually I'll click through a bunch of times until I get the perfect thing. But after two clicks, I ended up with the perfect name for my fairy village, which was Mystery Burrow. Nice. And I was really happy with that. I think I had a really good first one, but I forget what it was. The one I, I was actually successful at ended up being Marvel Plane, which is not that great. But Carl, you got tickle something, didn't you? 
Um, I don't remember. I remember you telling me you got like, uh, like Tickle Grove or something like that. Yeah, that that rings bell. I'm trying to scroll back up through the chat, but I don't remember how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it a little bit uh, on the side as we were playing. Um, so I was saying like the it's very calming. Except actually when you get to the winter, when the music becomes kind of ominous and all the trees, like, lose their leaves at once. Yeah. And, like, that was kind of intimidating the first time that happened for me. I was like, whoa, okay, serious business time now. Oh, I got Tickle Glade. Tickle Glade, there you go. Yes, there it is. That's a great name. Good. Um... Uh... And there's also there's also a uh, a big fairy palace that you can build in one of your trees to attract as many fairies as possible. Although I'm not sure that you really want to attract as many fairies as possible because they all need feeding, and uh, you can accomplish a lot with actually not that many workers. So. Yeah. So maybe a little a little a little more tweaking and balancing is needed before <laughs> Glitterbitten Grove can really stand on its own. Uh, but I think I think with a little as bit of tweaking, yeah, I think with a little bit more tweaking, this it really it completely could stand on its own. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm gonna continue playing Let Me To Grove. I got the frog fraction. <laughs> it's so relaxing, it and is. like building is. huge trees is so much fun. Yeah, that I think that was the best part was like trying to like the the sort of like manicured garden aspect of it the fact that you could like control the procedurality of your trees and get them to grow like exactly how you wanted and where you wanted like I think for me that was uh, that was what I really liked about the glitter mitten part yeah it's like a little, Man, little bonsai you thing seen, you should have seen my successful one I had so many berry trees that were just like enormous and sprawling nice uh, but anyway as you play the game, if you dig down deep enough, or I'm told actually get a tree high enough into the sky, uh, yes. you find a secret door, and that leads to Frog Fractions too. There's actually a third way as well. Like I looked it up because I was yeah. curious. Yeah, uh, I heard about this too. If you if you go into the game and immediately type the word butts, it just drops you right into Frog Fractions too. I didn't try that, but uh, that's... Do you, do you that's... have to type it, or do, is it like, uh, do you have to name your village that? Oh, maybe that's it. I'm not entirely sure. But I, it's amazing. I, I also heard just type butts, but I don't know if when they say that, if they mean type it in the name screen or if they mean type it when you're while you're playing. I don't know. But yes, typing butts will also get you to Frog Fractions. Yeah. Um, and boy, Frog Fractions too. It sure is Frog Fractions. <laughs> yep. Um, actually... That was kind of how I felt about it, actually. Yeah. Although I was sort of surprised. I was expecting it to be more like the first game, where it's sort of one one segment leading into another. Um, but Frog Fractions 2 actually basically has an overworld. Um, you get, yeah, you, you get dropped into a sort of dwarf fortress-esque world where everything is denoted by sort of text-based symbols of different colors. Yeah. ASCII, ASCII art. Yeah, ASCII. Uh... Um, it's a mega Sooks game. <laughs> I was so happy when I first saw that. <laughs> it's a 
interesting. I mean, you end up, you know, um, like, wandering around like a big ASCII overworld as a little smiley face <laughs> and, uh, and finding stuff. So the, the main goal is to um, go around this place, collect uh, items. There's a series of symbols you have to get, and you have to get two iterations of each one, so like a yellow one and a purple one. Um, and whichever one you f happen to find first is yellow, and whichever one you get second is the purple one. Um, and then you, you run into a series of mind stones, which are basically portals to minigames. And then those do various things. They can give you items, um, and they can have, like, sometimes they transport you to, like, a hell version of the world. Yeah. Where you, uh, it's like something is horribly wrong with the overworld, and you, like, have to navigate through it. Like, at one point, you're, like, a, like a s snake from, like, um... Whatever that game is where you try Centipede. not to run into your own tail. Yeah, as you grow. I, I think the three hell versions, unless there's more, but I think the three hell versions are there's bomb hell, which just spawns bombs on the overworld, and you have to avoid them and get to where you need to go. There's centipede hell, which is the one you just mentioned where you can't, yeah. like, touch yourself. Uh, and then there's cop hell, which <laughs> is where there are these, like, the entire overworld is dark, so you just have sort of a proximity ring of light a visible area around you, and you have to avoid the cops, otherwise they'll put you in jail. Yep. <laughs> and then you can just walk out of jail and try again. Yeah. I feel like there was one more hell. I feel like we're missing a hell. I could try typing butts and see what happens. I tried that. Nothing happened. Oh shit! I just typed it, and I, I went away. No. Well, okay, now I'll know. Actually, I won't, because now I'm, I don't have the, uh... Um... I don't actually have the, the time machine in that playthrough. So let me actually just load my old playthrough. <laughs> what I love about this also, by the way, is in your save files, um, in Glittermitten Grove, it's just the name of your city. And if you get to the Frog Fractions part, it's the name of your city with a question mark. Yeah, I thought that was cute. There's <laughs> so like Marvel Plane and then it's like, Marvel Plane? Uh, let me load this one. Okay, I have the time machine. Let me go and see what all the listed hells are. Okay. Uh, bomb hell, cop hell, snake hell. No, you're right. Just the three hells. Okay. I was wondering if there might have been others that I hadn't gotten to. Because, uh, like I said, I didn't finish it, but I feel like I'm close. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we could go through like all the minigame segments and talk about I them. In addition to the text world, there are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, twelve minigames. <laughs> At least oh, that God. I found. There may be more. <laughs> I feel like you probably I think I think you probably need to get all of them to finish the game. I might I might be wrong, but You I need to find all the mindstones to finish the game, but there's some that aren't actually located uh it, well, that are located like within like that are nested. There, some of them are nested. Okay. Um, like there's a little um, one of those like LCD like tiger whatever whatever it was called like tiger oh the media. tiger electronics tiger electronics yeah. type uh, okay. games inside one of the other games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I beat this high score. <laughs> 
I think you always beat the high score no matter what, because I got yeah. hit the first time and beat the high score. I think so too. But it, I felt good about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess if you've got the list, you, we can go through it. Sure. Um, so, as as we were saying, the uh, the overworld is. Um, like the point is to go around the overworld and touch these like mind stones, and they all take you into a series of, or like some some kind of weird mini game. Um, and I guess in alphabetical order because that's how this list is organized. Um, there's the Age Gate, where one of the um, one of the other mini games is locked by. A, uh, you have to say how old you are, but you have to do it by there's like constantly rotating dials of numbers, and you have to try and stop them at the right time to get an age that is a reasonable person's age. Yeah, like so if you, if you end up with like accidentally hitting a one in the first in the hundreds digit, anything else after that it'll be like sorry, people that old don't play video games. <laughs> yeah. Is that Although, one, uh you can also unlock uh, additional gem capacity if you get three of a kind. I did that by accident. Can you? Yes. <laughs> what? Nice. Yeah. If, yeah. So it up it ups your gem capacity to like fifty, I think. Yeah. Maybe we should actually cover like all the things you can do in Text World first. That works. Like, you can collect gems. Um, you get eventually you get a sword, so you can like cut down shrubs and fight enemies. Um, and, and not uh, move around, and yeah. and not be able to move because it takes up a space on the grid. Um, you eventually your sword gains like a flashy power where you can detect like hidden things in the wall that you can cut through. Um, uh, you so if you if you max your capacity on gems, you can't pick up gems anymore, which means that gems in the world effectively become a wall. Yeah, but. You eventually get a candle, which can illuminate dark areas, but it can also burn gems so that you can pass through them, which is yep. helpful. It, it, it's the candle from Zelda 1. Oh, uh, yeah. That's uh, true. And, uh... So, let's see, what else? <clears throat> you get a bridge at one point, which lets you just arbitrarily, like, set down a path in certain locations to cross from one area to another, even if the thing between it is, like a wall or you know like outside the the game empty space or yeah, yeah, yeah other at stuff at that point the game gets crazy yeah, yeah. gets a little little crazy that's, broken that's the point where you yeah where you basically start breaking text world yeah and there's a lot of uh, there's also a lot of keys in different colors that you use to unlock things um there's there's orange soapstone which you can use to write like completely meaningless messages like the other completely random meaningless messages that uh, pop up throughout the game which is clearly a Dark Souls reference yeah which I also um, at, at one point <laughs> at the very beginning it gives you the option to import a Mass Effect 2 save and I think I think there's a super soap stone that is unlocked if you have the right story flags in your Mass Effect 2 save. And there's other there's other things, apparently, that are associated with the save import that are still sort of being teased out, as far as I know. Yeah, um, that people are still discovering. This game is, like, the, the Frog Fractions 2 part of it was only discovered, what, like, late December? Uh, it was, it was patched in. 
I think, as far as I know, Glitter Mitten Groove was released alone, and then it the Frog Fractions 2 part got patched in. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, maybe, a, I, think, I think the game came out in, like, late September-ish, and then it was patched in, like, in December sometime. No, it can't be. Uh, like, I, I remember looking up when Glitter Mitten Grove was released and seeing that, like, it was like two weeks from its release time to when Frog Fractions 2 was discovered. You're probably correct. Uh, yes, so... December 13th. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking September. I'm not sure. But anyway. Yeah, but I think but... it was patched like 25th or something. Okay. So yeah. so I thought like, oh, yeah. wow, they did a good job of like keeping it hidden for two weeks. But no, <laughs> it wasn't there for the first two weeks, it sounds like. Um... What else? Uh, there's a uh, there's autocorrect skates, yeah. um, which when you put them on, instead of like stopping when you bump into a wall, it will just automatically move you in a different direction, um, which can be useful and can be incredibly an- annoying if uh, if you're trying to move very precisely and yeah. you can't take them off until you get the white key. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yep. Uh, I also like that the um, the menu option for the autocorrect skates is uh, Don autocorrect skates, and then when you want to take them off, it's Doff autocorrect <laughs> skates. Yep. Which doesn't make, like, because you get them and you automatically equip them and it just says Doff autocorrect skates, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Until, yeah. you, until you get the option to remove them at will, and then it makes sense. I, I got a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a... Uh... There's also, it's, um, eventually, as you're wandering around, you find a frog. Um, when you get to the frog, the text world interface changes a little bit, um, where it gives you the option to speak to the frog. You, you can create messages out of up to three of the symbols that you've been collecting. Um, and there's a, a series of puzzles that involves figuring out what the frog what the language is, like figuring out what each of the symbols means, and yeah. then communicating messages to the frog, which actually I really loved up until like the last two puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me, there's also pears that you can throw. Oh, yes. You can also throw pears, which make things green, mm-hmm. and also the frog wants one, because he he likes fruit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt so clever when I figured out the frog language, even though it's not really that hard. Yeah, you know. Oh, the, the pears also play in uh, cop hell. You can use the pears as a diversion for the can cops. You? Yeah. Also, also, before you pick them up, I think they say grenade. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is well, great. No, uh, even when you, do, when you pick them up the first time, they say grenades. And then when you throw oh. them, it says, uh, wait a minute, this isn't a grenade, this is a pear. And then it changes to Paris. A common common mistake. Understandable yeah. mistake that we I think we've all made. Yep. Mistaking grenades or pairs for grenades. Maybe vice versa. Vice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um so, uh back to the minigames list, I guess. Yeah, I think that right. mostly covers yeah, the world. world. Yeah. So uh after after the age gate, um there's uh Barbara Pole position. Which is a sound-based game. Um, there's like a stripe in a barber pole, and you have to like create a like higher or lower-pitched sound to get it to uh, to get like another stripe to move up and down within the space. Uh, which 
I didn't like that one very much personally, but I think that's one of the ones that I didn't unlock because I don't Maybe. remember that one. Um, it's uh, it's inside the like the cathedral where you're suddenly in like a side view and have jumping ability and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I guess I guess I just didn't figure out how there's to unlock like a, that one. There's a there's a mind stone in like the upper left corner that has yeah. tricky tricky secrets as to how to get over there, which yeah. I thought actually I really like the way that you end up doing it. Um because you have to kind of invert the traditional mechanics. Uh because it's a platformer and but the last two platforms are a series of green locks and uh a series of gems. So to stand on top of the green locks, you have to not have the green key so that they, they're treated as a wall. And to stand on top of the gems, you have to have a full gem in inventory so you can't pick up the gems. Yeah, so you I get the green key right before that. Yeah, yeah. so you have to yeah, come back to, to it later. Yeah, uh, you have to enter from the door where you don't, uh, you don't have to get the green key in order to, to get that far. Or I'm looking at a list and it says to paint after you've painted your green key with orange paint, which yeah, is also the only way to get an orange key. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is to tip over a bucket of orange paint and step in the orange paint, and then all your keys are orange. Yep. So, which is yeah. how you get to the frog. Yeah, so, so I, I guess I just didn't go back to the cathedral after having done that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, possibly my favorite of the minigames, which was the Biker Chicks minigame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you play as a, you you are you are one of four chicken players, the only like uh, oh yeah CPU player, and you have to like you leave. It's basically like Light Cycles if Light Cycles was a programming game. Um, so Light Cycles in that like you leave a trail behind you, and if you or anyone else runs into that trail or runs into the walls, then they die, and your goal is to be the last one standing. But it's turn based, and you enter up to like five moves of what you're gonna do and everybody enters them all at the same time and then all the moves happen. Yeah. And so you don't you have to kind of guess what your opponents are going to do and do your best to sort of box them in as much as you can. And each I mean the best strategy is just stay safe cuz they will kill themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the CPUs are not super smart. No, they are. Um uh, but there was I think there was a lot of uh maybe it's all the devs, but there's a uh, like there's, there's a bunch of unlockable characters that it's you can play like as. It's like an entire there. page. And yeah. and they, they all, all have yeah, like extra special special abilities. I I really wonder well cuz it kicks you out of the game as soon as you unlock like two, I think because it gives you your item whatever symbol yeah. or whatever it was. But I yeah, wonder if you can, can get back, back and into it and them. and yeah, unlock all uh, of them. Because the time machine um, lets you oh, yeah, enter any minigames, so you can go there. I played a bunch of it, actually. When I was, like, frustrated because I didn't know where to go in the text world, I would just go back into the Biker Chicks game and play it a little bit. Nice. Um, and I, I, I unlocked maybe, I don't know, a quarter to a third of the characters. There's one that I couldn't unlock because the unlock condition is uh, go back in time and pledge at the appropriate tier on the Kickstarter. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well... Yeah. Rip. So there's 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 a character in there that's um, only available via having participated in the Kickstarter. Oh well. But 
some of the man, some of the special abilities are so hard to use. There's one that only moves diagonally oh, that no. I just cannot handle. Oh, I, I tried to play with the one that teleported to a random place a lot. That one actually wasn't that bad, I felt. Um, I just died over and over again. The, there's one that leaves like a, a set of uh, like occasional spaces in the line because it's typing a dot and dash uh, insult at you in Morse code <laughs> as you're going along. Good. What's that? What is doing? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, there's one that's... Uh, there's one that's like designed for uh, Pen- Penalty is his name. If you are the second to last one surviving, you automatically win. Uh, and and a bunch of them. There's like there's tons of them. There's probably a good at least sixty, I would say, unlockable characters there. Yeah. So, so. yeah. Yeah, prob- probably devs, I'm assuming. I mean, that's... Whenever I see pictures of people that I don't know who they are in a game, I immediately assume, oh, those are devs. Yeah, so... I, I'm guessing that, that they were that that's where all the dev uh, pictures are, are hidden. That sounds like a lot of people, though. Well, well I mean, I, I assume a lot of people did work in and around the game. And you can tell so... us about the credits... Later. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Bomb Hell minigame, which is one of the hells. Chess Invaders. Man. Oh, I, was I so love many... that game. I, I, I so wanted so to make a game like that. You guys described Chess Invaders. <laughs> that one hurt my brain. Yeah, I... Uh, so Chess Invaders, it's... You're... It, it takes place on a chessboard. And you have each of the you know, proper pieces for a chess game. They can move in the proper directions as you would expect for a chess game. But your opponent is like the white the white team, but they're spawning and descending onto the map. So it's like Space Invaders cross chess, which is why it's called Chess Invaders. Um I I I hated this one as well. And you don't I love take it. turns. You don't take turns where you go and then your opponent goes. Each piece has a has a basically a cooldown timer. So when you move the piece, it moves and then it just can't move again for a certain amount of time. Yeah. It was frustrating. I'm glad you liked it, Carl. I, I, I really, really liked it. I, I want to make a game like that. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um and like I, I think I liked it, but it was very frantic, and I was very bad at it. Yeah. Because I had a hard time of keeping track of all the pieces in my brain all at once. Uh, yeah. And okay. I just... It's I about was... getting how the rules work as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's part of it, too. And I, I think a lot of it also is um, playing it aggressively. Because when, I, when yeah. I tried to play it defensively, it didn't work. Like, I had to just go and just move, yeah. move pieces almost indiscriminately until I had an opening and well, yeah, take your, the opening. Your major advantage, unless you're like a very good chess player, um, is that you have a ton more pieces at the start and their pieces only come in one at a time. Yeah. So if you move enough of your pieces fast enough, you can do really well in the in the short game. But you have to keep you have to like plan it and, and do it really fast and it's hard. Yeah. I, you have to get I, rid of their knight as soon as possible because they are devastating with that knight. Yeah, that's true. Oh, 
pro chess invader strats right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was I it was fascinating design, but it like it stressed the hell out of me. Yeah, it was it was a really cool concept, and I was glad to have beaten it and not had to play it anymore. Um, so that's Chess Invaders. Also, really, really intense music. Like, it, yeah. it's basically Final Fantasy turn-based, like Carl said, and it gives yeah. you Final Fantasy battle music, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, right. I think so we have the same next, list. Yeah, next one was the Cop Hell. I didn't find the Frogs LCD minigame. I didn't really look for it. But that is a there's apparently two LCD minigames um, in this uh, in this game, and I did not find the frogs one because it's an embedded one. Yeah. So I can't describe it because I don't know what it is. I didn't find it either. So nope, me neither. Whoops. <laughs> did either of you get as far as the um, the Spaxris New Game Plus? I didn't. You... I didn't find the New Game Plus either. But I I liked. Yeah. I liked I the first I... one. The second is that one the is... one where you control a dude and beat the yeah. size for? Uh, it's it's the one where you are a space marine and your roommate is a is a xenomorph, and you that have to try favorite. and passive, passively aggressively annoy the xenomorph into moving out. Yeah, that's that's apartment. another game that I definitely would play, just on its own. <laughs> on <that's> own. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was annoyed by it mostly. Like I get the I get that it was kind of cute premise wise, but I I didn't enjoy the gameplay. Um, but if you look in the dresser of the Xenomorph, there's a little LCD gauntlet game um, where you you play basically Dark Souls. You're like a knight, um, and there's like a snake that could come at you. Uh, no, an eagle that can drop snakes at you from the right, uh, and a skeleton that it can attack you from the left. And a dragon that can attack you from the front, and you have to just keep blocking them as long as possible. And then every so often, you get the choice of like either going to a campfire or getting um, a treasure chest. <laughs> and the campfire heals you, and the treasure chest gives you a bunch more souls, which is what you're collecting. Nice. Um, so there's that. And so the new game plus version of Spaxorus is uh, instead of a xenomorph you have um, Slenderman as your roommate oh, he's the replacement roommate and he's a, he's a hippie so he's got like a like a tie-dye shirt um, and he keeps leaving like these muddy twig dolls everywhere in the house like everything is you like at one point you steal some of his uh, muddy twig dolls from under his bed but you can't hide them anywhere in the house because all the spaces are already full of muddy twig dolls <laughs> That's and, that's good. Yeah, and uh, and every time he moves, instead of like moving around the apartment, he teleports, and uh, the screen like goes wonky while he's teleporting. Huh. I'm not gonna lie, that scared the shit out of me the first time. Yeah, it, it was kind of like very disturbing. It plays a weird sound too when it does it. I guess that um, makes sense. Yeah. So I'm guessing in the new game plus one, if you go into his dresser, he's got this frog's LCD minigame, which yeah. I didn't find. That's what it looks like. I will check out at some point. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's the original Frog Fractions uh, game. That oh, yeah. Fun. That would be cool. Or some uh, some Tiger Electronics uh, representation of Frog Fractions. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me save my current... Uh... My current uh, thing, and then I will load the 
Marvel plane save, and I will go into it, and I will I will find out. Okay. Uh, we will find out live what this minigame looks like. All right, I'll, I'll keep going down the list. Uh, the next one okay. on the list is uh, Inferno Investigation. <laughs> I, which I is, kind of loved that one. Th- that one was my favorite. Um, it's it's a text, text-based uh, cross between Dante's Inferno, so you're traveling through the various circles of hell, and where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? So you're traveling through the like the layers of hell, uh, basically doing trivia, trivia style detectiving, and trying to track down the criminal who is one of the members of Corn. Oh, it's the band straight up Korn. Is the old Frog Fractions game. Okay, so that's I have I am a little LCD frog on a little LCD turtle's back. Nice. And I can press space to to use to move my tongue in current direction. Oh man, and I got. The assailing bugs represent helicopter parents. Um, so I guess I sort of forgot to mention, uh, we forgot to mention in the Glittermitten Grove part, there's like a little tutorial person um, who comes and uh, like, it, it's just like pop-up mes- mes- uh, messages that say like, hey, you should try doing this thing. Um, or, you know, like if you want to get this currency, you need to do this thing. And when you actually get into the text world part, she keeps popping up to give you information about the text world in the same, like, graphical style and fonts as Glittermitten Grove. Yeah. Um, it's great. She disappears for a while as soon as you first get in there. And then eventually she comes back and she's like, oh, hey, sorry, what did I miss? I was getting a sandwich or something. Yeah, and her little icon has a sandwich. Yeah. Pretty great. Um... So so yeah, Inferno investigation basically. Did you, I read so much of Inferno, thinking like I would find something. No, it's just literally got the full text of Dante's Inferno there. Yep. If you want to read it. Yep. Yeah. And if you like scroll through the entire thing, you just get get the same thing again. I think. Yep. It's it, it's it's Dante's Inferno functioning as like a eula. So you have to agree to the terms and conditions at the bottom. Uh, which... Do you? Yeah. Or at least I did. I don't know. I don't think you I, have to. Okay maybe you, don't, okay, maybe you don't have to. Okay, I, I didn't see that you could just close it. I scrolled all the way through it, and... I mean, I didn't, yeah, like, I'd... read it. I just scrolled to the bottom and clicked accept, because that's what you do with the EULA. You don't read it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that took forever. I didn't know there even was anything at the bottom. I just opened it and went, ha yep, that's Dante's Inferno, all right, and left. Um, but you, yeah, you have to, like, put together, a like, a profile of who the person is you're tracking and then find which circle of hell they were just most recently in yeah. and follow them. Um, probably the best part of that is the music, which is a Gregorian chant done in the style of Rockapella, who did the yeah. Where in the World is Carbon San Diego uh, theme song. <laughs> It's yeah. it's good and I've had it stuck in my head uh, in, intermittently. I mean, yeah. it's good unless you're reading Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, that's then it true. gets kind of repetitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rockapella Gregorian chant is a is definitely a pretty unique um, anything. <laughs> it is pretty unique. Yeah. Um. Also, yeah. So, so I I think I said it. Uh, the the criminal you're trying to catch is one of the members of the band Corn, like a fake, non-existent member of the band Corn. Um, and the collectibles, which we mentioned, are symbols. 
There's the yellow version and the purple version. When you pick up a purple version of the symbol, it gives you a little text bite about... Yeah, like a voiceover thing about... Yeah. About f- fictional controversies related to the band Korn. It's like the apocryphal history of Korn. Yep. Basically. Is it, was, it, was it only the purple ones that do that? I assumed it was all of them, but I, maybe I, I wasn't paying close enough attention. I think it was only the purple ones. I, I'm not... Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Because, yeah, I, did, I didn't notice it until a decent chunk. Like, it didn't happen for me until a decent chunk of the way into the game, and I think it was with the first purple one uh, yeah, that, that I picked be. up. Um, which is yeah. true to form for Frog Fractions. It, it reminded yeah. me of the underwater Pretty section. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was clearly intended to be, like, the follow-up to the fake Portuguese back boxing story from the first game. Yeah. Which I like. I liked. I don't know. I think. I think that kind of stuff is just cute and interesting. So, um, that's that's about all there is to say about Inferno Investigation. Uh, what's next on the list? Where is it? Oh, uh, Loma Manager, which is a uh, a cross between a MOBA and the text-based football management sim. Oh, right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> So, so basically, you're you have players yeah. on your bench, and you're assigning them uh, MOBA roles. You know, top, mid, support, whatever. Uh, Rumble, yeah, yeah, and waiting, waiting for either your nexus or the enemy's nexus to be destroyed. Um, yeah, and you have like a limited number of timeouts. At which point, you can like bench certain heroes and put other heroes in in their place. Yeah, I don't. Um, I won that one on my first go through. I assume that a lot of a lot of the occurrences within it are random. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, I won that too, but I, I was watching someone else play and he lost. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember if I won or lost. If I, if I it, I, it ended up being close either way, so I don't yeah. remember. Um, but yeah, no, that one was weird. I'm not sure how, like, I thought it, it's it's a funny joke, but it's not a very fun game. Yeah, I mean, it went too fast. Yeah. I can keep up. And it's sort of hard to keep track of, like, what you're actually looking at and looking for, um, like, early on. But, mm-hmm. like, when you first get thrown into it, you're like, what am I even <laughs> doing here? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I get it, it's a MOBA. But I'm just like... I, it's a MOBA that my like that these uh, this AI is playing for me. Basically, I'm just picking who goes where. It's like two. It's a mashup of two game two game genres that I have little to no interest in playing, like yeah. sports management sims and MOBAs. So there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, there was some really cool, not cool, but funny dialogue. Yeah, I like, couldn't really I couldn't really keep up because. Oh yeah, yeah. There were some, some like the events, quote unquote, that happen during the the playthrough uh, have some yeah some fun weirdness and or like consequences. And such things. and such player was AFK, and like they were eating a pizza. Or such and such player accidentally team kills such and such player tries to play it off as an accident. Yep. <laughs> so I probably would have gotten more out of that if I was into MOBAs, but I'm yeah. not. That's fine. Uh, let's see. What's next? Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, shaving story. <laughs> yes! 
shaving story, aka the Obama Shave Simulator. Yep, which is just a game where you shave Obama a bunch of times. Across, yeah, across several levels. Yes. And a bomb. And a yeah, bomb, yeah, you shave a bomb. A bomb. <laughs> uh, let's... You, are in, you play as Obama shaving a bomb. Yeah. And as because Obama... he's become such, such an expert uh, at shaving at, by that point in his life that uh, he is able to, to shave the bomb to, to save everyone on the plane, question mark? I think so. I think, I think it was like a bomb on Air Force One or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, ostensibly Obama would be a pro at shaving by that point, but not while I was playing the game. Oh boy. <laughs> no. At- yeah, the, the trick is to take your time with the clipping part and then just go so fast for the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a multi-phase shaving minigame that is on a timer. So the first phase is you've got a full beard and you've got to like, go through and trim it down until it's just like scruff. And then you apply the shaving cream, and then you shave it off, and then you, like, hit it with water to wash off the excess shaving cream. Yeah. All it's, within... It's, it's sort of a surgeon simulatory kind of thing, where it's, yeah. like, a little bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. Which is fine. That was... That was, like, I, that's one, that's probably the one minigame that I had had spoiled for me. Um Aww. So, but I was I was glad to see it pop up, just because it's it's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I it's had like to take like a moment and go, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because that's that's the only one with like any sort of three D models, but it's <laughs> deliberately like bad. Like Obama's face is pretty high quality. But the rest of them are just like awful. Yeah, yeah, so. and it's like, oh, yeah, it's like the it the setup for each given scenario is like a badly photoshopped sort of like Obama's head on a picture of like two people at the White House. Or yeah, whatever. or like like a JPEG of Michelle Obama's face just like slapped onto a a stock uh, female shaped character model. Yeah, <laughs> which was. Man. Yeah. That was that's definitely the the game that makes you like sigh deeply and go, Oh, frog fractions. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see, what's next? Uh pfft. This is one that I didn't unlock, uh the sound test minigame, which apparently is unlocked after you complete the gauntlet minigame. I don't know, did anyone get that one? Interesting. I thought I completed the, uh... No, actually, I don't think I got the Gauntlet minigame, maybe. Because I thought I did, but actually the Souls of Darkness LCD minigame was the one that I got. So, what was the... I don't know which one the the Gauntlet one one is, either. Yeah, the the one I was describing was, uh... Um... Oh, I guess none of us did the Gauntlet one. Yeah, I guess I, the one I'd been describing earlier was the uh, was the whatever they call Souls of Darkness. Yeah. One. So yeah, none of us did the Gauntlet one. I'm 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 assuming that's no. just like a a riff on on the game Gauntlet. Either Is... that or it's uh, all the other mini games one by one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. That that I'm not sure. Okay, so that's so we didn't get Gauntlet and we didn't get 
apparently the sound test minigame. Yeah. Oh well. And then the next one on the list is the uh, Souls of Darkness LCD minigame, which we yeah, which we already that's... talked about. Um, Snake Hell, which we talked about, it's basically just the overworld with with snake mechanics. Yeah, except, yeah, your head leaves behind a trail, and anything you touch, you pretty much eat. Yeah. Um, and then you get longer, and if you run into yourself, you die. Um, let's see, so the next one is Spax Wrist, which we kind of talked about, but I don't think we really explained. What's like... the, it's, um, uh, something... Oh, uh, super, the... super passive aggressive extraterrestrial uh, uh, xenomorph simulator. roommate something simulator. Yeah, it, it's super passive aggressive xenomorph roommate irritation simulator. Irritation, irritation that's the one. Simulator. There you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, we mentioned it earlier. It's you play as a guy whose roommate is a xenomorph, but you don't like your roommate, so you're trying to like passive aggressively bother him so that he moves out. Without arousing too much suspicion. Yeah, because you have a lot of mutual friends, and it would be awkward if uh, they found out that you basically like annoyed him out of the place. Yeah. Um, so it, it's things like hiding the TV remote, moving the couch a foot to the left, moving the kitchen table so that like you can't comfortably sit at it, leaving crumbs all over the kitchen t- like just. Yeah. Shitty roommate also, things that you can do. You can also like uh, take the ketchup out of the fridge, and then you can like put ketchup on his clothes secretly while he's not looking. Yeah, um, just things like it, that. Yeah, and it's it's just like it's done up as like a like a wacky sitcom, so that like every time you do something, there's like a canned laugh track. Yeah, which really grated on my nerves after yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And it's clear like the xenomorph is just like a law student who's just trying to you know, trying to do his stuff, and you're just being a dick. Yeah, your roommate's really, really not a bad dude. Like, yeah. most of the game, he just stays in his room. This yeah. is the perfect roommate. And there's, <laughs> there's, uh, so, so the, you have an inventory in which you can collect things like the ketchup, or you can, like, steal some of his clothes, things like that. Uh, and the, your starting item in your inventory is self-loathing. Yeah, and it never goes away. It never <laughs> goes away. Um, I... I lost that one. I think he 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 signed his lease again at the end of the at the end of the day. Um, I think I annoyed him, but uh, I, I I bothered him into annoying. But his suspicion was so high that it like ruined our, like my relationship with most of our mutual friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, let's see what's next. So there's Spax vs. Spax vs. New Game Plus, which I guess has Slenderman. We talked about that yeah, one. Yeah, just Slenderman. Um, ah, this was the first mini game that I encountered. Toaster derivatives, oh god! Which is which is the unholy love child of Flappy Bird and Cookie Clicker, where uh, and the and the Windows uh, toaster screen. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that one. Um, where you have a, a toaster and you have to guide it between pipes, but the way to make it gain or lose height is to add or remove fuel, and it's so difficult to maneuver yeah. the way you want to maneuver. And it only gets more difficult. Yep. Luckily, you don't actually have to play much of it. You just have to, like, fail it at the right point early on Yeah. to actually get through it. Yeah, and that's... Um, I, don't th- I think my record was maybe, like, 
three pipes or something because it was like this is this is meaninglessly difficult and like I clearly don't have to do it. So yeah, I, I think mean, it gets out of hand really yeah. fast. Like I think yeah. I think there's a point where the game is just like now we want you to fail and get back to the rest of it because the first I think it's the first three pipes are you know reasonably wide to get through and then after that the space just shrinks down to barely more than the height of your toaster so yeah yeah it's uh yeah that's and then that's the only other one listed is the text world which is i mean that's the overworld we talked about that so that's all the mini games except for the ones that we didn't get and don't know enough to talk about uh (laughs) (laughs) whoops um, I mean, I could try and find the gauntlet there. That that, that thing has a has like a list of how to get it, right? Yeah, it's you need the yeah. I have all wavy the, lines. The oh yeah. So um, you I think. from the helipad interior go east. Oh, oh wait, wait, um, no. I no, know. actually, you know what? I wonder if that's um. Yeah, actually, I think I I do maybe know what they're talking about there. It's another. It's sort of another version of the hell, and that's the beat the game state oh okay that they're talking about so gauntlet is um yeah 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 gauntlet because you go through all the hells oh Um, so uh what happens when you finish the game when you get the last of the purple symbols is the uh like the earth starts shaking and the screen starts glitching and cracking like the the quote-unquote glass of the screen like fractures uh increasingly and you have to, like, make your way through the world. Parts of it are cut off. So just like in the Hells, there's, like, a sort of directed path that they intend for you to take. And you have to, like, run through it as fast as possible. Uh, and every couple screens, it changes to one of the other Hells. Um, or actually maybe, like, adds one of the other Hells on top. I don't quite remember. Um, and if you spend too long on any given screen, a giant ghost comes over from the side and just kills you. Jesus. Um <laughs> And it's like it's like really intense music, and it's creepy, and it's like really like st- like stressing you to rush, and uh, yeah, and you have to basically just get the hell out and back into Glittermitten Grove. All right. Well, since that's the end state, I guess you wanna you wanna talk about like the okay. the the I guess epilogue of the game. I I didn't see how what happens after the credits, um, because so the credits play. So you get back to like the glitter mitten grove screen, and it and then it, like it says the the credits start playing, and the title at the top of the credits is Frog Fractions Three, and uh, it uh, it just plays all the credits. And at first, it's like fairly normal credits. There's like a you know a few jokes in there here and there, um, but it, for the most part, it's it's regular it's regular credits. Um, and then it gets to um, assistant to the director. Uh, and then it gets to assistant to the assistant director, and then assistant to the assistant to the assistant director, and then assistant to the assistant to the assistant, and so on. And it keeps adding one of those for each of the next, like, to, to, a new, you know, word assistant is added to each title. Oh, no. Uh, for about 45 minutes, uh, I sat and watched the credits to the point where it was getting, where you'd have, like, one name every five or six seconds, even on quadruple fast-forward, just because there was so much assistant directoring, like, you know, like, blocking up the screen. 
and I let it play for 45 minutes, and then I went to bed because it was late. Uh, and I left, I left it open, and I left Huck nearby, and he said it, it takes you back to Glitter Mitten Grove for a, like a short cutscene at the end or something. So the text, I think, is in okay. the shape so, of a penis. Oh, is it? I think so. Interesting. <laughs> All right, but uh, not unexpected, I guess. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get. As I say, I didn't get all the way down to the bottom because I gave up. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I guess afterwards it takes you back to just like see your your fairies, but you can't interact with them anymore. Okay. Um, in that part, something like that. Anyway. That's fine. Um. Yeah. So that's the end of the game. And that's. Uh, I there don't we know. Go. I think the gaunt the gauntlet was pretty cool. Um. But I don't like like that was a cool part of the game but then like anything after that sort of like yeah whatever yeah I, I I mean now that I like now that we've talked about all the mini games I think I think the only one that I need to unlock to get through the rest of it is the barber pull position one unless unless you need to do the Spaxorus one uh, you do need Spaxorus new game plus okay so it's probably just those two and then I'm done yeah or the, into um, the gauntlet so so the two things I had to fact were how to get the Spaxter's New Game Plus, um, which there's a there's a thing in the sewers that I was always trying to get to that I wasn't sure how, and it turns out you have to come back between, like, a certain clock time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so eventually, among the things you unlock, eventually you unlock a time machine, which just lets you arbitrarily move between all the screens and revisit any minigames that you've been to. Yeah. Um, so it just basically makes your movement like much much easier. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, one of the things you can do in the time machine. Oh, we forgot the alarm clock hell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, alarm clock hell, where you keep waking up every like after after like a minute and a half and discovering it was all a dream over and over and over and over until you find a way to like set the clock so that it doesn't hit the time when your alarm clock is supposed to go off. Yeah. Which, um, which that... was annoying as hell. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a simple but effective hell. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and so, yeah. So once you do that um, basically, you end up unlocking the time machine, uh, which lets you arbitrarily um, set the uh, the time, among other things. So there's a place in the sewers that you have to go to at a certain time, so you have to set the clock to, I forget what it is, like, between... Uh, 1 p.m. Same... to 6 p.m. Yeah, it's not the same time as the, to get into the gift shop, which is like 6 to 9 p.m., I yeah. think. But, yeah, so you have to... And, like, I'm not sure, maybe there was a hint somewhere about what that timing was, but if there was, I didn't see it. Yeah. So I had, like, no way of knowing how to get that open, so I don't feel bad for facking that. I think um, he the, randomly solved that. I guess you could just get there at a time when it happened to be the right time. Because yeah. I don't remember setting the time for that. That could yeah. be it. So, I mean, if you, yeah, if you happened to go there when it was the correct time, you probably, uh, like you could have easily found it um, and then the other thing I fact was the last purple wave shape mm-hmm. so you get the first purple wave shape by talking to the frog 
um, and going through a series of like first um, you have to like get him to push a box around you have to figure out the language enough that he pushes this box around <laughs> and then once you've done that uh, he's about to like you, you'll, he'll get a key and you can send him to unlock this door but before he can do it uh, like one of the gorillas shows up which is like a little clubs sign they're little purple clubs um, a gorilla shows up and then he starts panicking because there's a gorilla there and uh, if he opened the door then the gorilla would be able to get to him so you convince him to throw a fruit to the gorilla um, and then he's about he unlocks the door and he's about to get the thing like push the thing that he needs for you to get the wave sign but then someone calls on the phone and it's his girlfriend the cat and like he's upset because like she doesn't want fruit, and oh. so you convince him to gi to give her his goldfish, which she does like. Um, and then he'll do the thing that gets you the wave, and then you can like collect the wave. And so I figured all of that out, and I felt like a freaking genius. <laughs> um, but then to get um, the second wave, you have to just tell the frog to go into the water. Which, as far as I know, there was, like, no indication about that, like, anywhere, or, like, any reason to think that would be useful in any way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you tell the frog to go in the water, he will do so, and then he will come up with the other uh, wave shape wow. for you. So, wow. So I fact that one, and do not feel bad about it at all. I wouldn't either. Goddamn. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. But so I'm happy to say I found all the other yellow and purple shapes all on my own. Yeah. So, and mind stones and things. Definitely. I think I think there's probably another like couple of shapes that I need to get. But I mean, with with the time machine, it's a lot easier to just go back to places and get those things. Anyway. All right. So now the big question, which is like all the articles are about, did this live up to frog fractions? And, nope. you know, like, and the legacy of it. See, I, for me, completely. Yeah. My experience playing this and my experience playing Frog Fractions were basically exactly the same. Because I didn't, like, I knew that something was special about Frog Fractions when I played it for the first time because nobody would have told me to play it otherwise. Yeah. Um, I, I would say so, that it, it, it lives up to it, but I didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it equally, for at least for my part. I, I felt like Frog Fractions made me go, aha, that's cute, that's kind of, that's pretty random. Um, and this one basically made me do the same thing. So, and it had a fun fairy sim game in front of it, too. Yes. No bonus. That's also true. I mean, true. the minigames had sort of that feel, mm -hmm. but the overworld just got boring very fast. That's, I, I agree with that. I think, for me... Part of the big charm of Frog Fractions is that it's a lot of weird shit packed into a game, but none of it overstays its welcome. And I don't feel like any of the mini games really overstayed their welcome, but Text World definitely did. Yeah. Uh, so especially when you get stuck and you just have to like wander around. around. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I guess I was impressed that um, I was expecting the Text World because I didn't realize it had a hub world when I, you know, when we start when it started. Um, I was expecting it to be very shallow and to have a lot of, like, esoteric things that wouldn't amount to anything. 
And so the fact that all of the esotericness of the text world actually came together into a cohesive whole by the end of it, like, I was actually kind of impressed by. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I just, it wasn't as fun for me to play. <laughs> I, I can, I, I will recognize that it did a lot of really cool stuff and it, you know, like I said, I think, I think it definitely lives up to the hype. Um, it's... It's just the difference between uh, a more bite-sized game experience, which the first Frog Fractions definitely was. I mean, we played it yeah. for our... We played it specifically because four. it was short. Yeah. Um, yeah, our and, Micro Four in February. It was like, we need a game that's under an hour. Frog yeah. Fraction. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas I think I have like five or six hours logged to this, and there's still stuff that I need to do before I could even yeah. complete the game. Um, I have 14 hours geez. in this game. So... Yeah, so... But I bet, you know, I bet if it had been shorter, they would have gotten a lot of flack for it. Probably. Like, oh, you know, all this money and all that dev time, and it's such a short game. It's like, is that really worth the money, et cetera, et cetera. The, you know, yeah. the usual complaints that... And, and... I don't think it's about the length of the game, but rather, like, Frog Fractions is really, really tight. It's so, mm -hmm. like... Every segment is so, like, well-made... Well, designed yeah. for like one purpose and when it's done it's, yeah. it gets rid of it. It's very frenetic like it it never really gives you time to get used to any one piece of it before it's moving on to the next piece and maybe that's for the best because most of those are, are kind of a one note joke like and you get the joke and once you've gotten the joke you want to move on to the next joke you don't want to just stick around in it. Yeah um, I also just the, the fact that a lot of the overworld text world elements are like explicitly designed to frustrate you. Yeah. Like like it's true. Like the sword. Or the 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 doors that can only open if you meet certain conditions. Like I remember there's one set of two doors and you get a screen that shoots bullets at you and there's centipedes and there's gorillas. And you have to kill oh, all yeah. of the centipedes but, but leave not all of the gorillas. The gorillas yeah. alive. Uh yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was, yeah. Because it's, it's so, the first time through, you always just kill them all. Yeah. And then you get to the other door and it's locked and you're like, what? And it's like, there needs to be at least one gorilla. And you're like, god damn it. Actually, I, I didn't kill them all. I killed all the gorillas no? because the gorillas, like, sort of attack you by default. Like, if you get close enough, they make a beeline for you. But the centipedes don't. They just kind of move around randomly, and they block the bullets. So I left, like, one centipede alive and I killed the other one because it was in my way. But I killed all the gorillas because they actually <laughs> antagonize you. So... Mm -hmm. So you I did the opposite of what you needed to do. Yeah, I did the opposite. <laughs> oh, well. That's rough. Yeah. That's okay. So... And you can't just, like, exit the screen and go back. Yeah, it's... It, it keeps the state... Uh, of what the screen was. Well, I mean, if you really wanted to, you can uh, quit the game and then yeah. go back in and it'll restart you. Oh, you can. So, cool. Yeah. yeah Every time you, you, you quit, it like, yeah. starts you at your beginning spot again. And without any of your items. So if you want to move around without your sword for a while, you can do that too. Yeah. That's just a lot of effort to go through to get around that stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I overall... guess you could do the same with the alarm cook. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But that still requires you going all the way back to the the start starting little cave yeah. where you live. Um So I mean it's I don't think it's a bad game. 
by any means. I just I I prefer the shorter experience uh, of of the first game. I prefer Glitter Mitter and Grow. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Glitter Mitten Grove 2. Make it happen, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can we just I get, would like, totally... a more high-fidelity, like, bigger world, more, uh, you know, plant types? Like... I would back that instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glitter Mitten Grove 2. That's what we want. Yeah. Where's the and... arg for that? And hide it <laughs> in another game. Yeah, hide it in Frog Fractions 3. <laughs> Sorry, four. <laughs> four, yeah. <laughs> yep. I uh, that would be fantastic. I am very amused by the concept of hiding games in other games, though. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily. This is his kickstarter. Yeah, like I don't. I don't necessarily want that to become a standard, but it tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the once kickstarter it got Glitter Meeting Grove. I don't know. I, all I remember was that the Kickstarter, they kickstarted it and they said, "Okay, we're not like we're going to we're going to put the game in another game and it's going to be a secret." And then there yep. was all of this whole like there was a pretty like the arg for it I as far as I know was like pretty elaborate. Um Yeah, no, I read some articles on it. it sounds like it was pretty uh, yeah. pretty interesting. Which I that's one that's one of the things that I really never go in for is args. Like I I find it interesting to observe and to sort of look at the retrospective of, um, mm-hmm. like I think I think Edmund McMillan did an arg for uh, Binding of Isaac, where he hid just like somewhere he hid like some figurines and put out hints for people to find them. Um, this has been like a while back, but I remember something like that happening, and I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like I don't have the patience or the intelligence to deal with that kind of stuff, but it's cool that people care enough to, like, make those. So, yeah. Hi, kitty. Wow. Anyway. Jelly vine here. Shh. Uh, I don't know. Does that... Encourage its growth. <laughs> does that... Does that about cover it for <laughs> Frog Practice 2, Glitterman Grove? Did we do I the mean, talk? It's so hard to say something about Frog Freshens because it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, it's you can't argue that they didn't deliver what was promised. Yeah, right? no, absolutely like, not. It is absolutely what what they said they were gonna do, and mm-hmm. you know, despite the fact that they said, "Hey, we're gonna release a game, and we're not gonna tell you when, and we're not gonna tell you like uh, where it is." Like that would be a really easy thing to abuse people's goodwill, <laughs> but they yeah. didn't do that. They actually like made the thing they were gonna make, and it was it was a sequel to the first one. It was the thing that they said they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I like I like I said, I don't I don't dislike it. I just I prefer a different kind of experience, and I prefer the experience of Frog Fractions one. But I mean, I'm still probably gonna go through and grab those last few things that I need, and honestly. <laughs> After playing Inferno Investigation, I immediately went to the internet and found uh, the whole soundtrack is on SoundCloud, uh, not SoundCloud, um, Bandcamp, for both Glitter Mitten Grove and for Frog Fractions 2. And you can buy them or just listen to the songs 
uh, individually, and I immediately went and found the Inferno Investigation song because I wanted because I wanted to listen to it again, and I like sent the link to my boyfriend, and he's like, I don't know how I feel about this. So, yeah, it's like pretty I'm pretty amazing. I'm I'm glad that we did this this game. Yeah, and it's you know, if nothing else, uh, I'm glad that I have Glittermitten Grove now to play. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and it's uh, you know, maybe the lesson learned is that, uh, you know, if you're making a game that's primarily just about like, not insincere joking, but like irreverent humor, that jokes are best as like short one-shot things, not as like a really long fourteen-hour experience or whatever. Yeah. I could, I could Keep your jokes short. Jokes should be short so they're kept as punchy as possible. Yeah. I mean, it it could have worked better if it isn't for the fact that, like, Mega Series games, it's really, really annoying to control. Yeah. You just so. move around. <sighs> yeah. If I wanted to play Dwarf Fortress, I'd go play Dwarf Fortress, you know? But, yeah. I don't know. I, I yeah. I'm glad we played it. Despite... Yeah. Despite the frustrations that were there a little bit. Uh, I really remember many funny moments yeah. from it. Yeah. It's it's good to have those sort of confusion experiences uh, in a game. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. I'm into being surprised. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was... You definitely, like, never knew what was around the next corner, right? Yeah. So, it did, it did that. Um, I guess, speaking of surprises, how's that for a segue? Uh, that one works. We could talk about our next game, which is sort of in a oh, similar... Oh, yeah, I sort forgot of, what we were playing for yeah, a second. Uh, sort of in a similar vein, in that apparently the less you know about it, the the more the more of an experience it is. Um, we also, are... Also, yes. keeping with the, like... Games for children. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> the games for children that are not at all for children. Uh, we're going to be playing Pony Island, which is, I think, I think less of a secret. I mean, it's been out for yeah. it's been out for over a year now, just just slightly over a year. I think it came out. Yeah, and it's available. Uh, uh, it's it's one of the games in the um, the pop culture museum here in Seattle. Oh, is it nice? I've never yeah. i I keep saying that I want to go, and I just have never um, gone. Uh, that's that's cool. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, this sort of gives away the conceit on the store page, on the Steam store page. So I'll just I'll just go ahead and say that it's uh, Pony Island is basically a, a haunted arcade cabinet that you get trapped in uh, by the devil, and you have to outsmart the devil and defeat this arcade cabinet. Uh, apparently, using like coding elements, which is which is interesting. Yeah, it has coding elements and like arcadey elements and yeah. uh yeah it's a it's a purgatory simulator it's yeah. interesting <laughs> basically and um this so i'm going to i'm going to date the podcast i know you're supposed to keep these things evergreen um but if you're listening to this on the day that it's released or perhaps the day after uh it is in the current humble bundle the overwhelmingly positive humble bundle in the pay what you want tier so if you if you get to it quickly enough you could ostensibly get this game for like a dollar 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's a and it's a good bundle because it also has Valhalla in it if you're interested in that for if you're if you pay at the ten dollar range. Yeah. So. It's it's the the whole conceit of the bundle is that it's all games that are uh, rated overwhelmingly positive on Steam. So really, not a bundle you, you can go, go wrong, wrong with. Yeah. Um, and it also has Refunct, which is a game we played earlier. Yeah, it has Refunct, and I I don't know. I was surprised to see that pop up, pop up on there. I didn't I didn't think people played that game, but I guess they yeah. did. Like, so Did that's... You see it at a spe- uh, yeah, because you, you posted in the forums. The, the speed uh, there run. There was a speed run on a, uh, in AGDQ this year yeah. of Refunk. So that's and it's, good. what, like three minutes or something? I didn't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think I posted it. I think someone else posted it. Um, but I did see that, and that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's super fast. <laughs> yeah. So, good for them. Uh, yeah, otherwise... I mean, otherwise, if you don't make the bundle, Pony Island's, like, a $5 game, so... Even if even if you miss the bundle, it's still pretty cheap. So yeah, that's what we're gonna be playing. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what do we What do we do next? What's the next part of the podcast? Uh, plugging stuff. Uh, plugging stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I we've only been doing this for like a year and a half, more than a year <laughs> and a half. Uh. Um. Yeah. I I'm Kelso. I some Fridays I uh, host one of us. Which is a community Twitch stream, game stream thing. Um, if you want to sign up for that, send me a tweet at Kelso Timebomb. Sign up for a spot. It's fun. We hang out. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to spend your Friday evening. Yeah. Especially if you feel lonely and have no friends. Yes. Um, except for us, because we're your friends. Yes. You can always listen to old episodes of the podcast <laughs> and feel like you have well, friends. <laughs> Or, or or show up to one of us, which was the point I was making. <laughs> that too. We are, yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, us specifically here. Oh, in yeah, Skype. no. But I us mean, the community. yeah, I mean the community yeah. too. Whatever, us, whatever us friends. too. Whatever friends you feel like you want to have. Yeah. Oh, that's all, I, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I'm done. I'm done plugging okay. myself. <laughs> um, I have uh, a weekly stream on Sunday mornings. Uncaged Fury, um, where, as I said a couple weeks ago, we do the opposite of AGDQ. <laughs> we, instead of playing a bunch of games really well, really fast, we play one game somewhat poorly, very, very slowly. Um, right now we're going through Wind Waker, uh, and I'm, I'm having a blast. It's a fun time. Yeah. How many games have you been, like, have you completed? Have I completed? I did Final Fantasy VI. Uh, and I did Majora's Mask, and I did Earthbound, and now I'm doing Wind Waker. So this is game okay. four, since I started this over a year ago, probably yeah. like a year and a half ago. Yeah, you're doing it. That's a good, that's a good, I mean, when you only play a game for a couple hours every week. It takes a while. It ta- And it's like a yeah. blind, and it's a blind playthrough, and you come back to it after a week. Or sometimes more like... because of like life things happen. Then you gotta remember what you were doing, and yeah, like I'm. And those games are Final Fantasy VI and Earthbound. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm. I would not be able to complete any games under those circumstances. <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing that's that happens. Um, you can follow me at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Um, to see, you know, if I have to change the schedule up. Occasionally, I have to like miss weekends when I'm got crazy work stuff or things like that. But yeah, that's my deal. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at at Skug3. Bother him. He loves that. Yeah. Yay. Tell him about <laughs> tell him what your opinions are, and he will tell you yep. that that your opinions are silly. <laughs> or not. No, not. I don't know. It depends on what your opinions are. He's a he's a guy with reasonable thoughts about things. Yeah. It depends on my mood. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. As as it tends to do. Uh yeah, that about wraps it up. Play play uh Pony Island. I almost forgot the name of the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have it open in a tab and I didn't even think to look at the tab. Uh yeah, Pony Island. It's on Steam. It's probably in other places as well. I think it's on GOG and no, 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 no. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about Pony Island. We'll yeah. see you then. Yeah. Sounds thanks, good. Thanks for Bye, listening. Everybody. Bye. Bye.